Hi, everybody, and welcome to another exciting edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. On this episode, I am glad to be talking with comics creator, writer, author, Colin Bunn. Colin, welcome to the show. Thank you for saying yes. Yeah, thanks for thanks for inviting me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. It, it is my pleasure. I appreciate your work. I'll name a couple of titles here at the beginning of the episode, and then we can, of course, talk about any that you would like to spend a little bit more time on. Currently enjoying, uh, I believe it's called Labyrinth. Is that right? Lamentation. Lamentation. There we go. Sorry. Yeah. I was I was yeah. thinking some David Bowie there. Yeah, currently yeah. enjoying Lamentation, um, making the rounds on that. But you have Harrow County, Ghoul Next Door, Basilisk, and then you've also crafted in some shared universe license content uh, material, uh, Star Wars, Godzilla, Sabrina, Venom, Moon Knight. I mean, you, you've done a lot. You've done a lot of work. Yeah, I've been at this for for long enough now. I've worked with almost every publisher and almost every uh, every. Uh, sort of every character you might you might know at least at some point i've touched most of those characters in some way it's a it's a very cool thing very cool thing um so what led you to this world of writing in comics i'm noticing a spinner rack behind you appreciating that um (laughs) (laughs) it's a very messy office right now uh you know i i i've i've always loved comics i've i've been a I've been a comics fan since I was very, very young. Um, uh, I grew up when you could go to a garage sale and find stacks and stacks of comics for ten cents a piece, or you know, ten for a dollar, you know, ten for a dollar, twenty for a dollar. Grocery sacks full of comics for a couple of bucks, and uh, my dad would just buy those and just bring them back by the boatloads every, you know, every Saturday. If I wasn't with him at garage sales, he came back with just boxes of comics for me so i was always reading comics um i just i always loved them i and and i always wanted to tell stories and i didn't care if it was comics or prose or or i just didn't care what form that was but because i love comics it it was a natural you know fit for me to give it a try you you tend to craft stories that have supernatural horror elements suspense um so what do comics allow you to do as far as creating that sort of atmosphere? Well, I mean, comics are comics are interesting, especially when we're talking about the horror space of comics, um, because you know, a novel allows you to really build that mood and and the and the tone. A short story lets you really dig into to mood and the sense of dread and what characters are really really thinking about. Uh-huh. And um, and a movie or a TV show really lets you lean into the visual aspects of it, and you can get that jump scare of you know you know the the boo moment if uh, uh-huh. if you need it. Uh-huh. Uh, and comics play in this interesting space between those two mediums. It's uh, you can dig into the. I think comics really allow you to dig into mood and atmosphere if they're done right. Um. You can definitely get into a character's head, depending on you know how you're writing the comic, how you're approaching those characters. You can't necessarily get that jump scare moment, but you can you can get a lot of the visual uh, visual moments 
in the comic as well. So okay. it's just an interesting space. It's a, it's different than a novel or a short story. It's different than a movie, but it it kind of has features of both. Yeah, yeah. And I love that that description. Being someone who appreciates the novel, appreciates the film, and then uh, loves comics as a medium, I love that description. Um, are there moments? I was going to ask about collaborators. So moments where you've written something, you share it out. And then you get it back in visual form and you're just pleasantly surprised or something catches you in a new way. Oh, it happens all the time. And that's probably one of the, I mean, one of the reasons I like working in comics so much is that um, unlike, you know, if you work in prose, it can be a very long process. If you uh -huh. sell a novel, it's a long time before that novel gets published. Comics, on the other hand, have this sense of immediate gratification because I send the scripts out and I start seeing the readers may not be seeing it right away, but I start seeing art right away. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. uh, and that's always exciting for me. And, yeah, there, there's always situations where uh, I get something back and it, you know, it informs what I do going forward just because I like what the, the artist is doing so much that I, I have to sort of make some changes and do things a little differently yeah. and uh, yeah it's it's always uh that's every every comic there's always something i'm like oh wow i like what they did here you know I, I just you know how they put a scene on the page how they portrayed a character how they designed a character there's just uh it's always a it's a it's sort of a you know it's it's just a wealth of of surprises and and Pleasant surprises, as you said. Yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, and you mentioned that horrorscape. There's such a, a great history of horror in comics all the way back to EC. Um, yeah. and, and Lamentation kind of holds that for me in a way. It kind of harkens back in some ways to sort of the, the slasher comics, the horror comics. Um, yeah, it's a weird book. I mean, it, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. Lamentation's a weird one, intentionally so. I wanted to, I wanted to lean into some some weirdness and some surreal moments. I didn't want to I didn't want to answer all the questions. I don't like answering all the questions that readers have. I, I think mm -hmm. that I don't like when a movie or a book answers all the questions I have. So I'm you know, I'm certainly not going to do it uh, in my own work. Yeah. Um, I prefer to wonder about it and speculate on it. And, you know, and uh Lamentation has some of that, and it, de it definitely has some of that slasher or giallo feel to it. It's uh, you know, it has that that moment, those kinds of moments. Um, it's been a, it was a fun book to do. It just uh, I, I don't know how else to explain it except to say it's a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> weird is good. Weird is good. Um, and there, there's a nice history of that as well. I think didn't EC publish something called Weird Tales or Strange Tales or something? Oh like yeah, that? they did. Yeah. yeah, they're they're you know they did uh well they didn't do weird tales they did uh uh tales from the crypt and tales from mm -hmm. the vault and you know vault of horror I mean and and uh, you know those kind of books and and then you know Warren Publishing did Eerie magazine and Creepy magazine which were both you know comic magazines and uh, and weird tales going back you know 
a very that was a pulp magazine so it was prose but yeah it, it leaned into some we there were some very strange stories in those uh in those magazines and that yeah. magazine's still going on today it's the uh, weird weird tales still still is still published uh to this day yeah yeah there's something about the strange and the mystical and yeah. uh as you said the the unexplained portions you get to the end and i think that sparks conversation to have a few of those pieces of the story that you're still going well what did that mean and what if that did happen so right and then you uh, get in arguments with your friends no that's not how it is this is what it is and those are fun <laughs> arguments to have and you can i i uh I, I like that side of things. I've, yeah. I've never, never been a fan of over explanation. I, I feel like it, it kind of over explanation to me is the, and this may sound weird. I think it is the anti world building. I think mm-hmm. really explaining these things takes a reader right out of the world, knocks them right out because now it's not, I'm not living in that world with the, you know, with the characters I'm being taught about the world. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. So I'm always cognizant of the fact that I, I start these talks and I mention some of my favorites, mm-hmm. um, but I also like to give folks the chance to share <clears throat> some of, some of their most positive experiences. So any titles, collaborations, or experiences that sort of bubble to the surface as being favorites among what you've done? Well, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's in, in the two titles I'd mentioned, uh, both of these titles were were books where the publisher let us do what we were wanted, we wanted to do. We were able to tell the stories at the length we want to tell we wanted to tell them. We weren't shortcutted because of some event. Or some you know comic book crossover, and that's the sixth gun, which I did with Brian Hurt uh, from Oni Press, the, and the book ran for fifty issues in the main series plus some spinoff series. Um, it's still the, one of the books. If someone asks me, I've never read your your work. What should I What should I start with? I'm going to tell them you should read the sixth gun, or mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them to read Harrow County. And Harrow County is the same situation. We knew what we wanted to do with the series. We knew how long we wanted to you know, be in that world. And, you know, we did a 32 issue series, you know, plus some spinoff stuff. Um, and nobody told us, no, no, can't do it now. You got to stop. Or, <laughs> you know, or we don't like ghosts. We prefer robots. You know, that, kind of, you know, they, we didn't have that kind of notes because it was our material. It was our, you know, it was our world. Yeah, yeah, and I love the the range of what you do too, as far as like the really edgy horror all the way to Ghoul Next Door, and then I mean Godzilla um, versus Power Rangers works. So it's it's an interesting and really entertaining range. Yeah, you know, I you know, like a book like Ghoul Next Door, I I don't, you know, I really like the idea of of horror books for middle readers younger mm-hmm. readers i really like that concept i like i like exploring the fun side of these spooky stories and that's what ghoul next door and and it has a sequel called up to no ghoul those were those were you know books for for spooky kids or spooky kids at heart whatever you know you know they, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a kid to enjoy it um i like that i i like i, I like doing those kind of stories that that 
my goal at least is that you don't dumb it down for the kid. It's the kids got it. Kids understand this, you know, they, oh, they yeah. get what's going on and, and they like being scared. Kids like being scared. So do it in a kind of fun way. And then, yeah, books like Godzilla or, you know, any of those, those are books. Typically it's, you know, especially with Godzilla, uh, you know, it's a character I've loved since I was a kid. So I, I'm never going to turn down a Godzilla book if I, if I can help it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you've worked on some of my favorite characters from Marvel as well. Moon Knight being one of those. Moon Knight is just one of those characters that has such interesting possibilities and doesn't feel like kind of the cookie cutter character. I mean, you can do really interesting things with those stories. Yeah, Moon Knight was a fun character. I was I was always a little sad because when I got the Moon Knight project, they told me right off the bat, you have five issues. That's all, all right. you know, that's all anybody gets on Moon Knight at the at the time that we were doing that they were that I was invited to write for Moon Knight. They have you have five issues. And I was always a little like, yeah, I really want more Moon Knight. I don't want just five issues. I would like to write Moon Knight for a while. Um and in fact, the first thing I ever pitched formally, I mean, I, I sent some pitches out to Marvel that never got any attention. But the first thing I ever like face to face pitched to an editor was a book called The Macabre Moon Knight. And it was, you know, dark moon. It was it was horror stories with Moon Knight as our as the lead. Um, it didn't get picked up. And some of that you see in my five issues of Moon Knight. But uh, mm-hmm. that was the first thing I ever wanted to do. with that, that was the first thing when I when I got a meeting with an editor face to face at a convention. That's what I, I took with me to pitch. Nice. I love what you said about creative freedom, too, of having if you want 32 issues, take 32 issues, take 50 and, uh, you know, whatever it happens to be. And if the book's working and selling, then uh, wonderful. It's tough. And I would not advise um, writers who are trying to break in or creative teams who are trying to break in right now. I do not advise them to pitch a 50 issue series because we're not going to get it picked up. Uh, and even the six gun we approached as a six issue series. We knew we were going to get six issues, but we had dreams to do more than that. Um, and now more than ever, those big, epic, long runs, the chances of you getting one right out of the gate or ever is is pretty uh, are pretty slim, especially yeah. if you want that book to sell and make money so that you're not feeding money into it constantly if you want to feed money into the book if you have those resources and you want to feed money into a book for the rest of your days you could do a book forever Uh but uh just be you know i'm not in a position where i could do books where i can feed you know money into them every day this is you know it's how i pay my bills so i have to have money coming back instead yeah yeah absolutely that that makes sense makes total sense and it's a it's a full market which is good in some ways for the reader side but then yeah um challenges for the creator side i'm sure yes you know right now it's it's tough um it's tough to you know the creators are not always some publishers have marketing teams but even then the marketing teams are working on a bunch of books and their resources are, are not vast. So the creators do have to do a lot of the, their own marketing and, and that's fine. Except when social media is such a nightmare right now, uh-huh. marketing on social media is in my opinion, probably dead or it's at least dying. And uh, it's going to, and, and fi- figuring out how do I market my books? How do I let people know these books are coming out? 
that's the that's the challenge that any creator it's the it's the not fun part of being a creator because what i really want to do is just tell stories but uh-huh. half or more of my time is spent trying to figure out how do i get people to read these st- stories right. right yeah yeah well and I'm glad to do something like this that puts out word on, you know, YouTube and Spotify and places like that. But I think it, it would be really cool if someone out there, not me, because I, I would not <laughs> want to put out these fires, but somebody would just create a social media landscape to celebrate comics or stories or literacy or something like that. Um, now, now who would want to take that on and, you know, go around uh with the fire hose sort of making sure exactly exactly (laughs) yeah not me um but that tends to be what i do with social media anyway i curate things that i like Uh, i don't like to get into arguments with people so um it's nice to to treat it more like an art gallery than uh a shouting match and i i agree with that um it's but even then i just feel like the, the ability to get the message out with you know with how they're, you know, how they're, you know, promoting certain messages and not, you know, the you don't know if any, you know, I send a message out to, you know, however many people. I don't know how what percentage actually sees that message unless uh-huh. I pay to have it, you know, promoted or something. And I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. Don't blame me at all. Um, so I, I'll encourage listeners out there, speaking of, to check out your work. Um, to check out the the shared universe things that you do, the the edgy horror things that you do. And then, uh, again, books like Ghoul Next Door. I was a middle school teacher for eight years, so I just love it when I can find a book that has that accessibility. There's spookiness to it, uh, and I know that I can share it with young readers so, or older readers, too, as you said. So yeah, spooky, I appreciate spooky that. Spooky kids at heart. That's right. That's right. Kids do love to be scared. Um the last official question, and then we can hit anything that we've missed, uh, is that that promo portion where we can talk about current or upcoming works, um, current upcoming events, and then web spaces where people can connect and follow sure. along. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking to my I'm looking to my right right now just because I have my my bulletin board of all the projects I'm working on mm-hmm. and what's co- currently coming out. Yeah, I mean, I've got uh, you know, I've got a number of books that are coming out right now. Um, I'm doing a book for Boom called Ghost Lore, which is a twelve issue uh, supernatural uh, sort of epic ghost story uh, that's I think is a lot of fun and is a little different from what you might expect with uh, with any kind of series because we tell it's you know the concept of it is what ghost stories do ghosts tell, uh-huh. and uh, and so every issue we have an ongoing story in the series. But every issue, we also have a five-page ghost story that another artist comes in and draws. And so we're really getting some interesting uh, dynamics between the the short stories and the the main story. It's a lot of fun. And and, and there's a nice interplay between the, the different styles of art in the book. Um, I think issue four of that is just getting ready to drop. So it's it's just started. And I'm pretty sure you can probably still get those at uh, at your comic shops. Um, and I'm doing a, a book in October called the midnight, uh, the midnight show, which I'm doing with my longtime collaborator, Brian Hurt, which is a, uh, a horror series, uh, a four issue mini series, uh, that, that kind of follows 
classic movie monsters and sort of a new a new setting i think will be a, it's a it's a, it's, it's i call it a popcorn comic because it's the kind of comic you should eat some popcorn and while you're while you're reading it uh-huh. and it's got some meta you know some meta moments in terms of filmmaking and stuff like that and it's sort of a monster squad if monster squad was r rated and really really violent uh, I mean, Monster Squad was playing violent, but this was even, I mean, this is pretty violent. Ironically, um, I thought about Monster Squad when you mentioned this book. So yeah, it's, the, it's the connection a, is already there. <laughs> yeah, it's very much a, it's, it's, Brian and I both love Monster Squad. We love movies like Waxwork. And this is our, this is that kind of thing for us. But interestingly enough, we took it, and even though it's a mini series, we have this big world that we've developed behind the scenes of, of the midnight show that, uh, that, you know, I don't know, hopefully we'll get to explore in some way. Um, and then, you know, I have, a in October, I also have a collected edition of regression, which mm-hmm. is a horror series I did for image. Uh, they're doing a hardcover collection in October You can get the entire series. If you haven't read it, uh, it's a book I'm really proud of. It's really, if, if you like weird, it's a very weird book. Um, that deals with uh, reincarnation and past lives and demonic cults um, and uh, and the the falsehood of our our sense of time uh, it's a it's a very very cool book I think and I'm excited that people who haven't had the chance to read it can get this hardcover and read it and then yeah I'm working on a lot of a lot I'm I'm working on dozens and dozens of other books okay. uh, the best place to keep you know I am on social media just about everywhere as Cullen Bunn, but more and more I'm, I'm dialing that back. Cause I, I just don't know if there's the value of it. Um, but I have a website, CullenBunn.com that you can visit and get news and links to, you know, links to everything else that's associated with me. I have a newsletter that I put out every week, uh, every Monday. And, uh, it, will tell you everything I have coming out. It will tell you the code names for the projects I can't announce yet. And you can try to decipher what those projects are. And then I just talk Love about, I, I talk about the the writing life and what that looks like. And sometimes just, just what's going on, you know, in the day to day for me and, and struggles and triumphs, but it's a, it's a free newsletter. You can read it and it's a, you can, again, you can get to that from my website or it's just on Substack as Cullen Bunn. And I have a Patreon that if you really want to dig into the behind the scenes stuff and see scripts and how to's, I have a Patreon that's Cullen Bunn. Um, so the, the newsletter is probably my, that is the best way to keep up with me is the, is the newsletter. Uh, and it's what I've put most of my energy into these days in terms of that. Great, great. I'll make sure in the podcast description to, to link all those things. And uh, did I miss anything that you want to make sure to mention before we close out? No, I think, uh, like I said, it's a, there's a lot of stuff coming that, that I can't talk about, but, uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think you, you covered it, man. All right. All right. We try and we try to do so in a brief way. That's not a three hour show. So um, (laughs) thank you so much, Colin. Great to meet you and uh, looking forward to all the things to come. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks uh, to, you know, to your listeners. Thanks for, if you haven't checked out the books, I appreciate you looking into them. If you have, thanks for the support. You know, it means a lot.